This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program, the Friday edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is um, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, life questions. Today I'm going to take a little bit of a detour, at least for part of the show. If you guys want to take it somewhere else later, that's fine as well. Uh, But let me give you phone numbers so that you can call us. 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send your questions to us that way. If you are driving in your car, The safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our in-studio producer. Our main number, one more time, is 340-9585. Now, before I get into uh, our guest today, um, let me say a couple of things. We've had calls pretty much all afternoon about are we having church and tonight and this weekend? The answer is yes, we're having church tonight and we're having church this weekend. We've had a bunch of people calling from other churches who aren't going to be having services, wanting to know if we're going to have services. Uh, we're going to be here. The Bible says do not forsake the assembling together of the saints. So we are going to be here 7 o'clock um, at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. If you need information, you can go to calvarysa.com and get some details on how to get here. Now, one of the good things about, and we're going to be open for questions for this. Everybody's talking about the uh, coronavirus situation. Uh, one of the really good things about having uh, my own doctor and our own connected doctor's office, Malta Medical, uh, is I don't have to guess on these things. I, I can give you my opinions. My opinions are no better than anybody else's opinion. But I thought with all of the hysteria that's going on out there about this coronavirus issue, um, that, that let's talk to somebody who knows what they're actually talking about. So today I've got Dr. Peter Paley. Hi, Peter, Ron. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for doing this on short notice. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, uh, if you have any questions about the virus, um, feel free to call. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to just talk to him a little bit and um, hope that we can find a little bit of peace and balance in this. Peter, my position has been is that this 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 hysteria of fear uh, is is making people stop thinking. 
and uh, and, and we, we want to take this seriously. That's why I've asked right. you to be here today. Um, but at the same time, um, we 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 also going to remember that people are watching us. We're Christians, and yeah. if we respond yeah. freaking out to all these things, well, then um, we're we're, we're going to lose the power of our witness. Absolutely. There needs to be a fine balance between uh, hysteria and paralysis from the fear to precautions. And, that, you know, this is for sure not a joke, but at the same time, if you take the proper precautions, and we do have to stay vigilant about uh, um, this virus. Uh, it is not just like any other flu virus. I've heard that. Uh, it is something that has a, a two times communicable rate. It has. It's much easier, uh, much um it's communicated easier. It's got a stronger virulence to it or strength to it. Um, but at the same time, we are asked to take proper precautions, proper hand washing. Um, if you have a, a cough, a fever, uh, these are t- things to look out for. And if they're mild to moderate symptoms and you just self-quarantine or what I think they're calling it social distancing. Um, but if it's something where you can't breathe and you have to go to the emergency room. Yeah, you, you said shortness of breath. The, the initial symptoms are cough. A fever, fever. Mm-hmm. And, and then shortness of breath. Progress to shortness of breath, absolutely. And this is more of a pulmonary absolutely. virus. Absolutely, lower respiratory issues. Okay. How, what, if somebody's experiencing those kind of symptoms, what should they do? So if, it's, if obviously they can't breathe and they're having a very difficult time breathing, they, I would go to the emergency room and have it tested immediately. But if it's just mild symptoms of fever and a cough, to monitor it and self-quarantine at home. Uh, you know, don't go out there in the... In the in the out in the community and, and spread it. So, uh, you and I were talking before the the show began about uh, our response as a church. Uh, there are churches that are closing yeah. um, all the services for the remainder of the month of March. Um, others that make a decision one minute and the next. The same thing is true of schools, and of course we've got a school to consider as well. Um, it seems clear to me now. My my, my opinion is an uninformed one. It seems clear to me that at the rate this thing is moving, that everybody is going to be touched by this right. at some point or another. Not that everybody's going to contract the, 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 the virus, but that we're all going to know somebody or we're going to be yeah. in contact with somebody. Um, what would you say to people who are worried about coming to church or about being in an assembly of people? The, the, the city of San Antonio has... Um, declared a health emergency. Yeah. The rest of the world has <laughs> declared a health emergency. And and again, we want to take this seriously. Sure, but absolutely. at the same time, we can't stop living. Absolutely. If everyone does what they're asked to do, and that's to monitor for uh, the precautionary things that we ask to look out for, if if they can self-quarantine, if they have some of these symptoms, then you know, stay home by all means. But in, in a place where allergies are so bad here in San Antonio, it's not simply just a cough. It's the cough with a fever uh, and, of course, the shortness of breath. But if, if you have those symptoms, uh, then stay home. If you're in respiratory distress, go to the emergency room. And, and otherwise, just make sure you wash your hands properly um, and take the precautions that the CDC guidelines state. And uh, you can come to church. And I don't, um, you know, unless there's a, a massive outbreak and we're mandated to close, you know, we're not going to succumb to the fear. Yeah, and I would imagine, Peter, that, that if we get active outbreaks uh, of people here in the church or somebody in the church, that, then that changes things right, because absolutely. people who are, 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 are exposed uh, have different things they got to do. Right. But um, um, to, to stop coming to church... Right. 
um, because you're afraid. Uh, it, it's as though the, the, the enemy is winning and is laughing at us. And again, we, we want to be responsible. Absolutely. And I understand better than most, I think, uh, how fear can grip our hearts. I've, I've seen fear completely paralyze yes. uh, Christians in their walk with the Lord. But um, in, per our discussion, the, the only people that ought probably to avoid large gatherings of people are those who are, you go ahead and tell us. Yeah, the immunocompromised, the elderly are more vulnerable. Um, and so if, if, uh, if you know of immunocompromised, if you are immunocompromised, then I suggest you can stay home and, and not be around the large group gatherings um, where there's a susceptibility is high. Uh, but otherwise, the problem with this is that you can go 14 days uh, in that prodrome period, that time period where it can stay dormant and before it comes out. And so at that point, you are infective. Um, and so if you're immunocompromised, I suggest you stay home and um, you know, we'll, we'll get more data as it comes in and we'll see how this is happening in San Antonio here. I think we had our first travel-related case here in San Antonio today, which, which is where I see all the lines in HEB and, you know, uh, that's all that's going on. So It's amazing. You know, the, the enemy is the prince of the year. Yeah. And it is amazing to me the, the power of the media and, and the fear factor that ratchet is, ratchets up. And I'm just thinking, you know, uh, are, are we going to stop telling people about Jesus? Are we going to stop um, being welcoming and loving and hugging people? You know, I'm a hugger. And, Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's just so unnatural to bump elbows. Yeah. Or, to do or so. foot tap. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and again, we don't, we're not being flippant about this at all. We don't want anybody to get sick. But at the same time, we've got viruses. Um, uh, this is unprecedented. When the H1N1 um, virus came out, when, when Legionnaire's disease came, all these things, no, nothing approaching this sort of paranoia um, yeah. was ever a part of our culture or fabric. Yeah, we, we don't want to succumb to the, the media's hype you know, I, we do have a level of trust in the Lord as well. I mean, we do want to balance that being careful and being responsible. But at the same time, we don't want to be paralyzed by the enemy. You want to be able to come to church and to be able to hear the word of God and to fellowship. You know, well, I'll hear, well, I'll watch it from home. There's something to come into church and fellowshipping and yeah. praying with people. So, Yeah, you can't use your gifts when you're watching it at home. You can't minister to others. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, again, when people need to stay home, when they're elderly or immunocompromised um, or or and, and I'm not talking about just well I might be you know people are afraid you're a doctor you yeah. people are afraid they're dying all the time yeah. uh, but but if you're genuinely in a risk category stay yeah. home yeah uh, if you're sick if you're running a fever yeah uh, stay home now, either way even if you have a fever you shouldn't be coming to church in general um, whatever else you have going on but if you have exposure to a confirmed person with coronavirus and for sure that's fever with that you need to get tested um and and or travel to some of those countries we know italy china all these places of course those are just the give me's but but otherwise if you're having cough and fever you shouldn't be in church anyway at that point you just stay home rest up get better and come on back so amazing let's go to a phone call we got jimmy calling from san antonio on line one jimmy thanks for calling you're on the air hi how are you guys how y'all doing hey, uh, good jimmy good God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. And uh, I was going to tell you that uh, my wife and I were not afraid of this, you know, 
what's going on and everything. You know, we trust in the Lord. We, you know, we, we, we listen to Dr. Peters, what he says, you know, and, and, you know, we take precautions, but you know, we're, we're not afraid of what's going on. And, uh, and I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad they postponed Fiesta because, uh, <laughs> hopefully this, you know, because, you know, people look at Fiesta and they, all they want to do is go party. And I'm not into that. I'm not into drinking and all that. So, you know, and it's during the Easter time and people are maybe, hopefully, my prayer is that people come to God even closer than ever before and put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that he is the healer and he is the one and he's above all things. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it very much, Jimmy. Thank you very much. You know, I'm uh, Peter. I'm going to make a statement to the church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and I may talk about it a little bit tonight, uh, just in the context of the study. Yeah. And First Peter three gives me that opportunity. Um, but you know, again, we, we, we want to be wise, right? Um, but we also need to realize that we we live in a world, and and uh, you know, even if, and I want to emphasize the if, if this were the last very last days. We got people to tell about Jesus. Absolutely. And we got to come to church and fellowship and be equipped to do the work of ministry. And I think sometimes in our church culture, our, our approach is, well, I don't need to go to church. I can watch online. But, but this is how the body works together. Yeah, we don't, we're not going to be paralyzed by staying at home. And that fellowship, perhaps the message, the Holy Spirit works with the message tonight uh, through someone you might meet in church. And they might have a word for you from the, from the Bible or from whatever they say. And those are the things that we miss out on, that fear keeps us away. And so for sure, the enemy pounces on this and says, what if? And a lot of, the, I believe Wednesday, we talked about, did God really say? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's the doubts, that's his MO. That's the way he works. So yeah, fellowship is so important. This, uh, the dynamic of fear, and, and, and um, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this at all, but um, I can I can hear that we, on Wednesday night study the 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 serpent was more crafty yeah. than all of the other creatures, and and when Satan entered him, yeah. and and did God really say? Um, um, I can hear the hiss of Satan yeah. behind all of this, and and we're so vulnerable. Absolutely, I, I don't know why. When it comes to our health, now you you know obviously everything about me. Yeah. My, I went through a, a real health crisis a couple, two and a half, three years ago, two and a half years ago, and and you know when it's happening to you, it's no longer theory. Right. So we want everybody to know we're concerned. We want to be practical. At the same time, I don't think there's anything more practical that we can do than to tell people come to the house of God, be with the people of God. Yeah. And that may change if in fact we have. Um, uh, an outbreak here and the church or somebody in the church uh, is is tested positive for, for this virus. But until now, we've got life to live. Let's go to Live Oak now and talk with uh, Tim on line two. Tim, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Thank you very much. Um, I just recently was at HEB. I was going there just to get bread and I saw the car parking lot just full. And it's like, this is the middle of the day. What's going on? I went inside, there's shelves are empty, people are running around. I saw in some people's eyes, I was like, what is going on here? And, you know, they clicked on me that the, the survivors, people are starting to react. And it made me remember a passage where it says that the 
hearts of man will fail them for fear. And this is something yeah. that hasn't even really struck San Antonio, and people are already acting like this. But on a good point, I have already had two people ask me, are you scared? And I said, no. I said, I'm not scared at all. And they said, why? I said, because I'm a Christian. I said, Absolutely. you know, if, if I get it, I get it. I want to be cautious, be smart about it, of course. But Absolutely. I'm fine. I don't have fear. And I know that afterwards I know where I'm going. And one person who has a weak heart actually asked me to talk to them about the Bible, and that was really, really nice. And Praise the Lord. I think as Christians, yes, as Christians, this is a perfect opportunity. Um, wear a T-shirt that has something about Jesus. Maybe someone will ask you a question because they're scared. Mm -hmm. And even the unbelieving world knows that the earth is sick. Something's wrong. And mm -hmm. they're seeking so this is a good time for us. Tim, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you very, very much. God bless. You see, that's uh, my Bible study tonight is going to begin with people are always watching. And if we who are believers, you know, we've been pretty vocal about our faith. If, if we sort of freak out, the, the unbelieving world's going to look and say, well, where's your Jesus now? And, and, and our responsibility is to remember that he's got us in his hands. He hasn't lost one that God has given him, and, and he's got us in his hands. Tim, that is a wonderful testimony. You know, Peter, uh, as Tim was talking about the, the panic buying at HEV, uh, I was, um, I, I just took me back to, to my childhood. Uh, I remember um, in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, I'm dating myself, but you guys all know that I'm old. In the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, me really not knowing what was going on, I think I was 10 years old, um, uh, I went to the, the grocery store with my mom and um, people were fighting and pushing and pushing over uh, displays and things because they were fighting for food and fighting for stuff because we, we thought that we might get struck by nuclear weapons. And, and, and it scared me so badly. Yeah. I remember going home, locking myself in the bathroom and just crying. And that, it, that took decades yeah. to get out. And that's the kind of power that fear has. Yes. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. I'm going to leave Dr. Peter here for a while. So, if uh, any of you have any questions at all about the virus or anything in particular that you are frightened about, obviously you can't diagnose over the phone. But but as it relates to this particular crisis, um, please don't hesitate to call and ask him. Uh, you can also call toll free at eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. You've got some other stuff there, Peter. What did you want to share? This was just some of the the. What I've already talked about, about the fever, cough, respiratory illness, uh, respiratory um, uh, distress. These are the, everything I just talked about before was all that was, is some paperwork. So, but you know, I was just, just to quickly add to that, the, the fear that is many people have succumbed to for those who don't have Christ, it's great. And um, I can't imagine once we, once the rapture occurs, the, and this is just a dry run for what, yeah. what could be once the rapture occurs, this, I mean, this is just a small microcosm of what is coming. And so, if anything, those who are are seeking the Lord, seek Him. Seek Him and, and find Him. Because He said, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So I, I encourage those to, to to really just dig into the Word and seek after Him. So. I, I really like what Tim said. That, that, that This is just evidence. This is such a great witnessing tool. We can say, look, this is a sick world. And the truth is, and I've said it over and over and over, Jesus is coming soon. 
and our concern about a virus. You know, in our country, Peter, it's been pretty easy to be a Christian yeah. our whole lifetime. Yeah. You know, people may think you're a nut and, and, and mock you or your faith, but the truth is nobody's going to kill us for being a Christian here. Yeah. And at the first sign of anything that, that is out of the ordinary, like this virus, uh, if we just sort of fold up and run away in fear, then we lose the power, the effectiveness of our witness. Absolutely. Now, you get to talk to sick people all day. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about their state of mind when they come in, not just necessarily re- re- related to the this particular virus, but you deal with people who come in terrified all the time. I have the blessing of being able to see someone when they are vulnerable and to be able to guide them toward Christ and... There's a lot of uncertainty with illness because it can take any direction. Um, you know, sure, I can give a, an antibiotic or something. And, and, and I would add, it can come in an instant. Absolutely, it, it's uh, you're one event away from mm-hmm. from the end, and and it's not for fear uh, of what may come tomorrow or may not come tomorrow. It's um, we are focused when it's on Christ. Whatever comes allows us to be steady and to be uh, and to be solid with the Lord. Because it's either here or there. We're home with the Lord. And if we don't have the Lord in our hearts, then there is much to fear. Um, And so uh, I understand the fear that's out there. When Christ is not our all and he is not in our hearts and we have not surrendered to him, then for sure there's much to fear. But with him, there's nothing to fear. Well, we're going to avoid um, politicizing this or... But just my counsel for Christians is is to, this is a time to just open your Bible and dig in. Let the Lord speak to your heart. Jesus was always telling people, don't be afraid. Uh, He was telling people, don't worry. Um, He he was encouraging us to trust him. With his own disciples, Peter, uh, in the upper room uh, discourse, he said to them, at the very beginning, do not, first thing, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And then he immediately switched the focus from the temporal to the eternal. In my Father's house are many rooms, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go, then I'll come back and take you to be with me where I am. And see, if that's where our focus is, then we um, we won't be susceptible to all the hysteria that's going on around here. And we can be those men and women. I, I kind of like to think of us as sometimes first responders in times like this. Absolutely. You know, they run into the place of danger. Well, we can run right into the world that we live in and tell people that, that I can I can give you peace. I can promise you um, a, a quiet joy, even in the middle of suffering. It doesn't mean that we won't have difficulty. It means uh, tonight's study in First Peter chapter 3, um, Peter says, if you suffer, make sure it's for doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Don't suffer for doing bad. Make sure it's for doing good. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Not the peace of this world, but the peace that I give you. And that's a peace that passes understanding. Um, test it out. Ask the Lord for that peace and look at that peace that you get with the Lord that keeps you steady in the times where you should be falling and unsteady. But for some reason, you'll say, and for some reason is Jesus, but we'll say, I can't believe I'm so calm during this situation. And that's that peace that passes understanding. Well, I think that's the kind of peace that we ought to have. You know, um, our response is is pointing to him uh, for people who are lost and hurting and who in a crisis like this, they know they're hurting. And if we are overcome by fear as believers, then how are we going to talk to somebody else who's overcome by fear and give them peace and give them hope and give them some direction? 
you 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 deal with I said earlier sick people all the time um, first thing you do is pray for them absolutely that's the first place to go uh, the first place is not the formulary of medications that I look for uh, the first place to go is let's go to the Lord and ask him for wisdom on what to do I ask him for wisdom on what to do for my patients and he has a vault of knowledge that's much greater than mine so I, why not go and access that and ask him for that so and that's the first comfort my patients have that I can ask the Lord for the treatment plan and then and then we go together to the sanctuary of the Lord, essentially, and and um, and let the Lord do the work. I have a missionary uh, patient that in in my clinic that says that you know he does mission work into China, and to be honest, he said there's a revival going on through this whole thing over there. Um, the security officers over there are asked to being asked for prayer. You know, the missionaries are out there, and they normally get arrested if you're out there in public, but they're asking for prayer through this whole thing. And so, you know, what Satan may have meant for evil god will take and use it for good and 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 people's hearts are troubled and that's the time we need to be there for people and say let's go together we what they see on our faces what how we act is so important uh and and they can know that there's a palpable um peace that's with us because christ is um obviously with us so well we know he's coming soon and we have to take advantage of these last days and this is an opportunity to witness to others. Well, you can hear the music. We've got 30 minutes left in the program. If you have any questions at all for Dr. Peter about this virus, um, if you have any questions for me about the Bible, I'll, I'll throw Peter in there and get him too. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back on the other side of the break. See you in two minutes. Don't have time to call into the Word to Stand On for Life? No problem. If you've got questions, you can email them to Pastor Ron at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our program. It's the Friday edition. We are talking about the the um, coronavirus issue and how it affects us. Uh, Dr. Peter Paley, Dr. Pastor Peter Paley. you got a big title. I have too many names. Yes. Uh, he is my guest in studio. And uh, any questions at all, we'd love to have your calls. Let's go to Floresville and talk with Margaret on line one. Margaret, good to hear from you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so well. And I wanted to, I'm so glad to hear uh, you talking about this. I have been trying to tell people that aren't quite informed. They're just hearing bits and pieces from the media. So they go straight up panic mode, and it's not necessary. But I was going to call today because you prayed for Denise about a month ago, and that's my granddaughter's mom. And um, she signed a lease today on a plane, and we are due to paddle back tomorrow. So I wanted to thank you and all of your listeners for the prayers, because I was wondering if it wasn't really God's will, but it absolutely was, and uh, she saw Jesus at work today. She's also afraid of the virus, and she was able to see how strong and how committed he is to taking care of her and her family, that she really doesn't have to worry. 
she just has to stay focused and not let, you know, people around her get her ruffled, and she'll be fine. You just got to keep your eyes on the Lord, and He takes care of us. And I'm so Thank thankful. You. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Margaret. And we will keep praying for for everybody concerned. I appreciate it very, very much. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. 9585 Peter, just during the break, uh, our producer gave us the latest update. Greg Abbott has declared a state um, uh, of emergency here in Texas for health. Uh, and uh, immediately the very first testing facility is going to be in San Antonio. And it's a drive-through test, mm. and it could be up as early as today. Uh, what, what, what do you think that would look like? Well, I, that's new to me. I just, I mean, obviously that's new information. So uh, I'm going to have to get back to you on how that uh, works and how fast it can be resulted. Um, but I, w- I was just talking to you at the break how South Korea has done a wonderful job in, in seeing uh, and doing the uh, testing so um, so easily and so vastly. And they're able to test many, many more people. I think we have a shortage of kits here in the United States, and I'm, I'm hoping that that will not be the case soon. So. Yeah, we know it's getting attention. There's going to be a lot of money poured at it. So right. um, hopefully, just again, let us focus on our response as believers, um, not to give in to fear. It's okay to be afraid. We all are. Um, but it's when we give in to fear that the, the devil is back there with a big smile on his face saying, yeah, see, look what I've done there. And yeah. We just have to be really, really careful. Well, let's take some questions. We will still take your phone calls. Um, uh, about the the coronavirus, if you have for any questions for Dr. Peter, uh, but um, this is a program about Jesus. So if you have any questions uh, about the Word or about something going on in your life, we'll do that as well. Here's a question from our email inbox from Nacho: um, If Satan was in, able to inhabit a serpent to do his deed, could angels do the same with other animals? If Eve was not thrown off by the serpent talking to her, maybe other encounters with the serpent had occurred that made it comfortable for Eve to converse with him. Can angels still inhabit animals today? Is the story of Legion and the pigs a good example of that? How about people kind of going hand in hand with how demons inhabit unbelievers? Can angels inhabit a person? And by angels, Nacho, I'm sure you're talking about demons, fallen angels. Um... Um, let me start from the back. Demons can't inhabit nor possess Christians, period. Um, greater is he who is in us uh, than he who is in the world. John doesn't say than the other he who is in us. Um, Jesus won't share uh, any space with darkness. Remember, when we come to Christ, we're light. Uh, we don't need to be worried at all about um, the enemy and 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 uh, what he can do to us as believers. Now the problem is, and this is hard to explain. And in my study this past Wednesday night, I tried to do this, but um, you know the devil is much more powerful than we are. He's a supernatural being, and we're not. However, he's no match for Jesus, Nacho. And so what we do is simply trust in him, stay close to him. And then if the devil is bothering us, we, we focus on Jesus, and Jesus takes care of the enemy for us. Now, because we are, fear is one of those times when we are going to be so tempted to give in, and, and, and we're going to give the enemy a, a big opportunity to mess with us. What we need to remember is that our comfort is in not our circumstances. Our comfort is found in the presence of Jesus Christ. 
regarding Eve not being thrown off by the serpent, we have no way of knowing what the the, the uh, pre-fall world was like. Um, we know that, that God gave Adam dominion over the animals. They were pets. I'm sure they couldn't communicate. Um, but um, remember, Satan is um, masquerades as an angel of light. He is a deceiver. And we know that Eve was deceived. So beyond that, going into any kind of detail, Nacho is sort of impossible to to come up with any kind of, a, of an explanation. Let's go to another question. Um, this is an anonymous question. It says, how can I accept God's forgiveness when I can't forgive myself? You're a pastor. You go first. Well, uh, if the Lord has forgiven you, are you greater than the Lord that you can't forgive yourself? I mean, that's, I heard that from a, a pastor once in the past and said, if you've asked Jesus for forgiveness and he's forgiven you, there's no need for you to not forgive yourself because if the Lord's forgiven you, you're no greater than the Lord and he forgave you. So, <laughs> <laughs> My pastor used to say, when Jesus throws those sins in the in the deepest, darkest ocean. Don't go to skin diving to fr- try to <laughs> go to dig it. them out. Let me say this, Anonymous, and I think this is an important word for you. Um, and I, I mean no unkindness by saying this, but to be unable or unwilling to forgive yourself when Almighty God has forgiven you in the person of Jesus Christ at, at great expense to, to Him is the most arrogant thing that we humans can do. To think that we can outsend God's grace, or to just for a moment imagine that when Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do," that He didn't mean us, I think is arrogance, pride, and we also want to remember that pride is the sin that caused Lucifer to fall in the first place. Yeah. And um, it's just one of those things where you've got to make a decision: are you going to believe what you feel, or are you going to believe what the Word of God clearly states? And and what I would do if I were you, Anonymous, I would get on my face before the Lord, repent of the sin of unbelief, say, God, I know you're good, and I'm, I know that you can forgive, and I'm sorry for not receiving that gift of forgiveness with an open and clear heart. And when you repent, the Spirit of God will come flooding upon you, and then you'll know you're forgiven. It's one of the basic promises of our relationship in Christ. Here is a question from Terry. He said, how can we be sure that the disciples didn't make up their stories and conspire together to make sure that their stories agreed? You know, Terry, there are a a lot of theories about, well, Jesus probably didn't really die. Maybe the disciples stole his body and made these things. You know, as it relates directly to the disciples who became apostles, it's it's one thing to tell a lie. It's one thing to think you can get away with something. But when you are forced to die for that lie, pretty soon the truth is going to come out. And uh, I can't imagine uh, James, the, the, the brother of John, I can't imagine as the first of the apostles to die for his faith in Jesus Christ, for his, his witness about Jesus Christ. I can't imagine if this was a story that everybody made up and suddenly he's going to lose his head and Herod is so pleased because, boy, everybody's happy and they kill him. Don't you think for a moment before he actually went through with it, if he was lying, if they were lying, if they made up the story, don't you imagine that he would have 
told the truth, he would have done anything to save his life. So, Terry, what you've got to do is stop looking for loopholes. Um, we humans are susceptible to conspiracy theories, but not the disciples. The, the testimony that we have about their work and the word of God, the persecution they faced, the, they, they counted it all joy that they were suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. That, that doesn't come unless what you know is true actually is true. And that's why it matters so much. This isn't a, a, a scam. Um, there was nothing the disciples, they didn't gain wealth. They, didn't, they weren't rich. Um, they, they didn't live luxurious lives. They didn't have peaceful lives. It was really hard, Peter, to be a Christian in the first century church. I mean, every day was, well, if I survive today, Lord, Absolutely. thank you. But it's just one of those things. we got to know for sure. Um, take the, the account. You can count on the witness of the Holy Spirit. Here is a question from Mark. Peter, you are from another culture. He says, how is Christianity different from all other religions? The empty tomb is what uh, differentiates us from any other religion. I mean, the truth is, when Jesus was on this earth, he said, I will die and I will rise again the third day. Um, He'd have to do that to the exact, you know, you put yourself in a corner when you say, I have to die and rise again. And then to say on the third day, if it's the fourth day, it's a lie. All other religions had their... um, their head or their teacher die and they still remain in their tomb and what makes christianity different is that christ rose from the dead and in order to understand this better the pharisees knew that he said that because in matthew 27 it talked about how they went to pilate and they asked him to shore up the tomb to put a stone to put a seal to put a guard three-tier security system and you know we don't have this in scripture but if i'm one of the pharisees i'm getting my cronies and watching that third night and or the third day, making sure no one steals the body so that on the fourth day I can bring the body out and show people that this whole thing was a lie and they could have ended Christianity, but they didn't. They couldn't find the body. And then he was also witnessed by 500 others afterwards. I mean, there's no greater way to... You could have disproven Christianity right then and there, and they're not dumb. They would have figured that out, but we don't have a body, and that's what makes this different. There's And then lives that are transformed. There is such a testimony to lives that are transformed through the power of God. That's that in itself is a testimony. So, well, we have all kinds of self-help programs. I mean, we could try really hard to be better. Right, this doesn't work, does it? No. Yeah, I would add, Mark, that um, the incarnation, God became a man to have a relationship with man. Um, it's it's so important we understand that what what the incarnation really means. You know, um, no other religious messenger or prophet claimed to be God. They were messengers of the God that sent them. That was their message. Whether it was was Muhammad and Allah or 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 uh, any that's oh, I'm a messenger for God. But Jesus de- said clearly that he was God. He predicted his death, his burial, and resurrection. And all of that, God becoming a man. You know, one of the things, Mark, um, that, that religion has always been is man's attempt to reach up to God. Uh, we know we're sinners. Instinctively, it doesn't matter how you were raised. We know we're sinners. 
And we know there has to be an answer for sin. Well, religion says do religious things and reach up to God and somehow you'll be acceptable. Our church culture, we get a lot of Christians or professing Christians. Well, I go to church. I try to be good. Well, we can't reach high enough to do those things. Christianity is about the incarnation, God becoming a man, God reaching down to the depths of society and reaching out for people. And all we have to do is reach back and we're able then to have that personal relationship. God did all of the work instead of us being worked on. It's really important we understand Jesus became a man. All of the other religious messengers were already men. God, who is perfect, died for the sins of those who, of us who are imperfect. 340-9585. Um, well, here's a coronavirus question, Pete. Uh, Leslie says, how can I explain how a loving God allows so much suffering and disease like the coronavirus? Okay. <clears throat> I can only tell you this, why, and this is just a, a microcosm of a larger question, which is why does God allow so much suffering in this world? And I see that in the clinic, and, uh, and I get to answer this. You know, I can only say this, that um, we take John chapter 9, for example. The disciples walked by the gate and saw the man that was blind and says, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I can only tell you this, that... Um, if we trust in him and wait on him, God has a way of showing us, can I show off through you in this situation, whether it's in suffering or whether it's uh, in good times. And that's not an answer most people want to hear. They don't want to hear, well, God is just trying to, uh, want, wants to show off through me, show him through me in this suffering and this time of suffering. But I don't have an answer greater than that other than God loves I know the fact that which is God loves me. Whatever I'm going through, he has it under control, and I just have to wait upon him. I may not get the answer I want, but I trust him, and I know he's got only the best for me. <laughs> I, I always wonder, Peter, how um, why people always blame God for bad stuff. Yeah. No, all we have to do is go back to the first two chapters of Genesis, and he created everything to be perfect. That's right. It wasn't God who ruined the plan. It was man. Right. And, and you know, we sin. We live in a fallen world and bad things happen. And, and you know, I, I said on the Wednesday night Bible study that we got these first two chapters of Genesis that are so perfect. Yeah. And then from chapter 3 through Revelation 22, it's just God trying to fix the mess that man made. And God deals with us in our fallen state. God... Uh, deals with us in our fear. Um, he puts up with our challenges of him and his goodness. Right. You know, uh, one of the devil's real lies is, oh, if God really loved you, would this be happening? Right. You know, we can look at our own circumstances yeah. and we're responsible for the things that happen. Now, that doesn't mean if you get the coronavirus that, that well, God's punishing you for something. Right. But you see, these things happen. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Yes. And uh, we need to be sure that that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death without fearing evil. Right. That's what David said in his famous psalm. And and yet um, the suffering around us 
gives an opportunity to answer um, those who are suffering and, and provide hope. Yeah. Provide hope. Again, I think that's one of the great things about your ministry is that that not only you get to fix bodies, um, admittedly you have limitations in your ability to do that, yes. but but you can, without limitation, fix what's really important, the soul, the spirit of man and woman. And you get a chance to do that all the time. So, Leslie, um, if God... And, and there's a day coming, Leslie, when God's going to stop suffering. It'll, it'll be done in an instant. That day is not today. Until that day, when He returns, until that day, then our job is to go scatter seeds, sow the Word of God, be witnesses, uh, actively share our faith, um, to give people a, a reason for the hope that we have. And so you don't have to defend suffering. Just ask somebody who's saying, well, how could a loving God allow so much suffering? Ask him, why, why blame God for the suffering? God who made it all perfect has an answer for those of us who are imperfect. But don't blame God for that which is imperfect in our world. So, Leslie, I hope that helps. Here is an anonymous question. It's, what happens to people who never hear about Jesus? Um, you know, anybody who's looking, God says, if you seek me, I will be found by you. And we have to decide if we believe that or not. Romans chapter 1 says that God reveals himself in creation. David writes, the heavens declare the glory yeah. of God. Day after day they pour forth speech. No nation or language where they're not heard or understood. Um, so, uh, anonymous, everybody hears about Jesus in one way or another. You know, the, the Old Testament saints who died looking forward to the cross, uh, they didn't hear about Jesus. They knew a Messiah one day would come, but until that day, um, they didn't hear about Jesus of Nazareth. And yet they're in heaven awaiting him. Uh, they're included, many of them in Hebrews chapter 11, mm -hmm. as witnesses to us of the faithfulness of God. So, um, Peter, usually what I tell people uh, who answer this, ask this question is, if somebody looks at the sun setting in the eastern sky every morning, and then they get up just in time to watch it set in the western <coughs> sky, and then they know that in January it's going to be cold, and in April it's going to be nice and springy, and mm -hmm. in summer it's going to be really, really warm. Um, we go through that whole process. It happens like clockwork, yeah. year after year after year. And uh, if they really want to know the God of creation... God will make himself known to them. There's nobody who doesn't know. God's given us awareness of him in creation, but also in conscience. Absolutely. He's written the law in our hearts. And he's, um, Romans 1 is a great example. And then in Revelation, it talks about 144,000 that goes out to the world. And then there's an, also an angel that flies through and fro and giving the, the gospel. And so God is just. He's just in everything that he does. And, and uh, so... Okay, let's go to another question. Let me see if i got any... No calls? Okay, oh, five minutes. Here is Peter. Let's go to the question from um, Jennifer. You can answer this one. Uh, a friend was in a cult and recently became a believer. They still believe some of the old stuff they learned, so should I worry? Uh, you run into people in cults? Uh, no, yeah, no. <laughs> a friend was in a cult 
and recently became a believer. For that, we give thanks. Uh, they still believe some of the old stuff they learned, so should I worry? No, if... Uh if they if they are with Jesus and they continue to read the word, the word will take it out of them. Um, and as they continue to hold on to Jesus tightly, and you know, we don't expect a believer to uh, to be saved, and all of a sudden, all of the old, just all the beliefs of the old, they're learning. And um, of course, there's the essentials. <clears throat> and Jesus is Lord. Uh, that when you die, uh, you are with the Lord. Uh, and but. There are so many of those little things that you unlearn as you continue to study his word and you get refined. Um, and uh, and I, I learned a lot. You know, I came out of the Orthodox faith. There were so many of those things that I thought uh, were true in the Bible. You know, I didn't know that. I thought that was in the Bible. But as I learned the word more and more, the word takes all the false out of me and continues to replace it with what's true. And that's why I encourage people to get into the word and dive in and, and learn. And as you do that, all the false will eventually leave I'll tell you this, my brother um, got born again, and he went right to the Catholic Church, and, and he started saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve in the Catholic Church. After six months, he said, I'm not getting the word. <laughs> I didn't have to say a word. That's right. He came right out, and he said, I'm going to go to a church where there's a Bible-believing church and Bible-teaching church. So I, and I thought that was how the Lord, that's how the Lord does it. He takes care of his own. Yeah, and Jennifer, you did your job. You did your job in terms of, of um, sharing uh, not only your 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 witness, but sharing the gospel of Christ. Your friend now is saved. Uh, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. I think sometimes we try to do it. Well, Peter, we're inside now. Um, well, I get really quickly from our email inbox. This is from Jason. Just came in. We got two minutes. I wanted to share this about the coronavirus scare. Things Christians should not do in a pandemic. Tell everyone it's too late. Tell everyone it's not a big deal. Act like experts. Make everything about politics. Things Christians can do. Pray, trust, show compassion, give thanks in all circumstances. Jason, thank you very, very much for the comment. I completely agree with that. <laughs> it's uh, truly just fixing everyone who comes to you and, and directing them toward the Lord and letting him give them peace. Um, yeah, pastorally, I would add, don't dismiss people who are afraid. Absolutely. De- deal with their fear with compassion. Right. Understand that fear gets a hold on our hearts. Um, uh, you know, Jesus um, said, when, when the Son of Man returns to the earth, will he find faith? Hmm. And I think this is one of those times of testing. I believe Jesus is coming at any moment. And um, all this worry about coronavirus, if Jesus comes, I mean, if we worry about it, are we going to close church? Yeah. If he comes before Sunday, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just serve him today. Yeah. Peter couple health tips. What should people watch for? Again, a warning for those who are immunocompromised. So so be careful for uh, fever. If you have a cough with the fever or increasing shortness of breath uh, and you have a connection to someone who had coronavirus, of course, that's a give me. Or if you've traveled um, to these places or you know somebody that has traveled and has been exposed to you, then um, otherwise just trust the Lord. Peter, thanks for being here. You're welcome. A little bit of intelligent sanity comes to the program. Hey, thanks for the week. You've been listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. 
The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Hallelujah.